Welcome to the Healthy Charleston Podcast, where we help you take ownership of your health and fitness. My name is Hannah, and I am here to be your source of accurate health and fitness information while spreading awareness about all of the different health and fitness resources available to you in the Charleston area. Be sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. I hope you enjoy the show. On today's episode, I got to talk with Ian Berger, owner of Power Fitness in Mount Pleasant, and he tells us his story of fitness, moving to Charleston, and creating power. What I actually didn't know about Ian was that he owned and operated a gym at the age of 18, which is wild. So Ian was a competitive soccer player turned into competitive CrossFit athlete, and he tells us about his games experiences, how he fell in love with fitness and training, and all of the bumps along the way. Really enjoyed getting to know Ian today, and we also had a great conversation about his thoughts on the typical CrossFit gym programming and how he prioritizes programming at his gym, thoughtful, intentional exercise so people can get fit, they can get results, and then they can do it forever. Ian tells us what he's focusing on this year in life and the importance of aligning his actions with his values. Before we start, please follow us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And now Ian Berger. What's up, Ian? Thank you so much for coming on the Healthy Charleston podcast. Thanks for having me. How's your Tuesday going? It's going great. Started at five o'clock with a ready to go toddler and then spent some time in the gym. So I am caffeinated and ready to go. With another shot of coffee in your hand. Yes. Yep. Is that your normal morning routine? Uh, Usually I'm in the gym around 5 a.m. most days or up at around 4 most days. And my son is usually up around that time as well. So the day is always starting early. Yeah. What about going to sleep? Are you in early Uh, to bed? I'm asleep at most nights between 730, 8 o'clock. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. As soon as he's down, I am yeah. not far behind him. That's what, when people wake up early, I'm like, that's fine if you're going to sleep early. Yeah. yeah. No, as soon as I lay down, I'm asleep. Lucky you. Lights on, doesn't matter, anywhere, couch. When do you bed. eat dinner? Uh, like 5 p.m.? Yes, like 4.35 <laughs> p.m. with me and uh, most of the older population. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and your toddler. I like yes, how y'all have like, matched your schedules. Correct, correct. So can you tell me a little bit about what you do here in Charleston? So I own Power Gyms in Mount Pleasant. We've been open about a year and a half now, and I do a lot of remote coaching as well. So that's what what we do here in Charleston. So how did you get to Charleston? That was a year and a half ago? Yeah, about a little bit less than a year and a half. Um, We got here, my wife and my three-year-old, we moved from New York due to COVID just quality of life. We started looking about three years ago, being in a expensive New York City rental, one bedroom, 800 square foot, got old really quick. Walls started feeling like they were caving in. So we were looking for places that had warm weather near the beach, affordable quality of life. And um, we started with Florida. We looked at a few other places and uh, Charleston was a hit. So once we found Charleston, we, we kind of dove in. We decided to move and commit to this big lifestyle change. We've loved it ever since. I'm sure you definitely have more space than 800 feet. Yes, yes. That's we def- wild. We definitely do. And it's a little bit cheaper than New York City, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. So had you been to Charleston before? 
once before moving. Okay. Yeah, we took a recon trip, the whole family, and my wife trusted me to pick a house, and we did it. There you go. Did you own a gym before, or was this your first one? Yes. So I've owned a, I've owned one gym before, and I've run multiple gyms. So I owned a gym when I was 18 years old. Uh, I owned a CrossFit gym. 18? Yeah. So that's a, a good story for yeah. we could talk about later. Um, but 18 years old, while going to college, I had a CrossFit gym that I ran with my family. And I ran that for nine years and then eventually sold that. And uh, then I worked with Reebok CrossFit Fifth Ave, Union Square, the guys and a holding company called the Rhino Co. Then I worked for Ice NYC. So a few gyms in New York City that I've run and I owned one in Long Island. Okay. So owning a business was no, was not new to you by any means. No fitness and the gym business is definitely not new. It's a, it's a love hate relationship for yeah. sure. <laughs> so let's go way back. How did you even just get started in fitness in general? Uh, I grew up playing soccer at a competitive level, played in college for a year, tried playing in Bolivia for a little bit, realized that wasn't for me, but I was always into fitness. I was a chubby kid growing up. This feels like it's a story from most fitness people. Um, chubby, found fitness, got tall, leaned out, fell in love with it ever since. I usually used it for to get fitter for soccer, and then I started falling in love with just training for the sake of training and found a knack for bringing friends to the gym, bringing, training other people. And at 16, a friend of mine actually told me about CrossFit. So I was doing things from muscle and fitness. I was pulling things from like Arnold Schwarzenegger's bodybuilding book, following old like Poliquin style stuff, like whatever resources I could. And CrossFit was just starting. And a friend of mine kept on telling me, hey, you gotta try CrossFit, you gotta try CrossFit. And being a D1 athlete, eventually gonna be a D1 athlete, it's like, I'm not taking group fitness. Like, yeah, I don't come need on. That. A this, group class. Yeah, I'm not doing a group class. Like, what is this? Like Zumba? Like I was <laughs> Body totally, <pump. laughs> yeah, I was I was elitist and I totally shut him down. But he definitely had really good results. And um eventually I tried it. And like most people, my CrossFit story, I got humbled. Like my first workout, I got crushed by eventually to be a games athlete, but I also just remember hurting in ways I've never hurt before. And then after that day, I was like, that's never happening again. So I decided just to start training CrossFit, still playing soccer. And then I got my dad into it. So my dad took a trip to the, had a visit to the doctor and uh, doctor told him your cholesterol's high. We're going to put you on Lipitor. That's what we need to do. And he was like, no, I really don't want to do that. Paleo prescription, kind of zone-ish diet I gave him straight from the CrossFit journal. CrossFit prescription, he was going to a CrossFit gym. Three months later, everything was, he's like, well, Mr. Berger, you don't need any of this. That's you're healthy. Amazing. You're down like 15, 20 pounds and you're good. So he already drank the Kool-Aid. When I was in Bolivia, I was starting to fall in love with CrossFit way more than soccer. I was burnt out from soccer, years of playing. And uh, you were playing, were you going to college in Bolivia this time? So I went to college in Albany. Okay. And then I, I went to Bolivia to try to see if I could play pro. And uh, I was doing a lot more partying than I was playing at 18 years old. And the one thing that was consistent was I was still training CrossFit. 
reading the journal, consuming any media that I could. Absolutely in love with it. Had my teammates doing it. So I, my dad was already convinced. I told him, hey, I want to come home and open a gym. Have a little money saved up. Can you match whatever I do? And he was like, okay. Now the caveat was my mom was for it, but she said that if I want to come home and live at home, I have to go to college. And I was like, okay, community school, that's what we're going to do. So she took it upon herself to apply to like Columbia, NYU, all these schools that like I had no business going to. And she's like, if you get in, you have to go. So lo and behold, like 5,000 applicants to this NYU sports program, I get in. She wrote like an amazing thing that like yeah, was not even me. In. She <laughs> got in. Yeah, she she totally got in. So ran a gym from 18 to 23. Uh, and I went to NYU while doing it and definitely learned a lot while doing that. It was a trial by fire. It was the best real life learning experience that I could ever ask for. Yeah, I was going to ask like what taught you more? Actually owning a gym or oh, going to school? Owning a gym for yeah. sure. I also had like Real Housewives of Long Island in all of my classes. Great. So it was like a trial by fire of you're 18 years old and these women are shameless. They will say whatever and anything to make you feel uncomfortable and blush. And it happened most days. Like so, what? Oh, it was like, for instance, if I was like teaching a snatch or- Like you they're could flirting almost, with you. Oh, it was, yeah. the inner, it was like- T do a snatch again and take your shirt off. And I'm like, oh, oh my man. God. Yep. And an 18 year old kid, I didn't know how to handle that. I would blush and be like, uh. but like, now it's like, I stand in front of anyone. It's like, can't phase me. Cause yeah, those women definitely battle like tested me. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and NYU was different too. Cause I came from being a collegiate athlete at Albany where it was like, my classes were the culture and hip hop of rap and the test was like, name a 90s hip hop artist, right? Just wanting you to pass so you can oh, like keep playing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and then I went to like NYU where people were actually taking education seriously. And I was getting like C's and stoked and kids were getting A minuses and like crying. And I was like, this is different. This is very different. So I definitely learned a lot at NYU and also challenged me in ways that I would not have been challenged at Albany for sure. It's interesting because I feel like normally it's it's the other way around. Like you go to college first and you're like, okay, especially nowadays. Yeah. It's like, I have to go to college, but you were kind of like, okay, like sure, if that's what I need to do, yeah. but I want to own a gym. So the grades like weren't as much of a driving factor yeah. because you've already owned a gym. Yeah, I, I already owned a gym. We were starting to make a, money, a little bit of money and it was like, paying my education. I actually really didn't want the education. Yeah. It was just to kind of live at home and also appease my mom for sure. But I'm happy that I did it because it definitely led to other things and opened doors down the line. I know this is probably a contrarian view, but formal education was always like something I viewed as like a means to an end. So for college for me, it was just like, if I needed diploma, to get what I want to achieve, then I'll do it. But if not, then I don't really see the value in it. For me, that's not for everybody. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely an option. I feel like that most people don't understand that they, you know, everyone views 
college education, higher education is like a part of the checklist that you yeah. have to do to be successful when it might be, it's just not for the same reason. Like you said, it's means to an end. Yeah. I mean, I look at someone like my sister and she's studying to be a clinical psychologist for that career. You need education to be a gym owner. It, you could use it. There's things that apply, but really the education was doing it and learning. Like if I didn't just start, I probably would have never done it. Cause if I knew what I knew now, I definitely would not have opened a gym at 18. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to go back to your dad because I'm so impressed and I want to know like, how did you get him to just like drink the Kool-Aid? Cause that's the hardest part is just like, Hey, just try this. Yeah. So he, we have an amazing relationship. He's my best friend. We talk almost every day. Uh, he, he trusted in me. He, he saw the results of myself and he knew how hard I worked in terms of how I valued fitness. And when I was like, do you trust me to do this? He's like, yeah, I'll do anything. I don't want to take this. So really wasn't a hard sell. It was, I'll try it because obviously you're seeing results and you look fit and you're doing a lot of research and I know that you love it. What's the worst that could happen, right? It doesn't work and I have to take the medicine that they want to give me. So wasn't really a hard sell. He's, he's funny because now he's all in on fitness. He's like, we moved to South Carolina. He lives down here now too. He's state record holder for powerlifting and Olympic lifting. So he's Jeez. continued with fitness as well. Yeah. He definitely drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I'm drinking some other things yeah, too. For yeah, for sure. So y'all own the gym together. Yes. He is a partner in the gym. Okay. What about when you were 18, that gym? He was a partner in that gym as well. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? One, just like owning a business at 18 yep. and then also owning a family business at 18. So owning a gym at 18 was definitely interesting. I was ignorant, but it was also bliss, right? Because like if Naive. I would have known how hard it was or what I was going into, probably would not have done it or done it the way I did it. There was a lot of mistakes, but there also was a lot of amazing things that came from it as crossfitters know or any community gym knows one of the biggest things was it just built family and friends and community it really was like an amazing place a magical place that created this group of people that i celebrated christmases with thanksgivings they were more than just your gym goers and we changed so many lives i was in 10 people's weddings and people met their husbands and what like it was to be able to do that at 18 or to do that ever was it's still is still why i love it it's why i continue to do it yeah it's extremely life-changing yeah and then to your other point with my my father we've worked together a lot there definitely is challenges in terms of navigating a family dynamic but ever since i was little there's radical transparency mm -hmm. so the ability to call each other on our set, like, can I curse? Yeah, of course. Call, can, <laughs> like, call each other on our shit. If I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, he'll tell me. If he's getting in the way, I'll tell him. It, it's, there's a level of respect that we know we trust each other and also know we have each other's best interests at heart. And we never let 
if we do get into an argument or there's any type of disagreement, it doesn't cross the lines of family. It's like left in just business. Yeah, I think that's probably the hardest part. But I think a lot of CrossFit gyms are, are family owned or yeah. like husband, wife, husband, husband, wife, wife, yeah. whatever you want to call it, owned. And what they always say is you just can't let the business affect your relationship. Like yeah. someone once told me that when they have conversations, it's like, okay, are we business talking right yeah. now or is this relationship? Yeah, 100%. Even in power, my wife, Amy, is she is an integral part. Like she runs so much of it and makes it possible. And I definitely am hyper aware that when it's family time or if we're going out for date night, I catch myself if I'm talking about business things. I know that the gym is something, it's a shared interest, but there's a time and place, right? And it is hard to shut off. It's hard to disconnect. It's hard not to talk about things when you're with each other and maybe it's just on top of mind. But for the sake of what I value, and if I value the relationship over the business, which for me, my priorities are family, business, and then fitness, then I need to treat I need to treat my time that way. Yeah, I think that's the thing that that Elliot and I currently struggle with the most, um, especially being new business owners. It's like, yeah. this is our baby. Yep. We have dogs, but like this is the baby yeah. that it's like, we at first tried to not ever talk about the business yeah. like on dates or at home. Yeah. But then we were like, but wait, we want to. Yeah. But now we're like, okay, this might sometimes be the only thing that we have to talk about. We yeah. need to get some new things that we can talk about. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely find our relationship like entrenched in it. And one of the hardest things is like, we both are passionate about it, but knowing that it also could be a divide, mm -hmm. right? Like if we have a difference of opinions or if there's something that's stressful, maybe it, it's, it's just part, like something that we recently did, and this is going to sound silly, but we... We have a shared notes now where it's like I send her my schedule for the day. She sends me her schedule and then like the priorities. And obviously we hit those. And then at the end of the day, like when we're in bed, there's like we talk about our wins. We talk about just anything but gym, right? The gym is when she needs something or we need to do something, we'll take care of it at that time. But when it's family time, like the weekend, like after the gym's closed, everything's done, Saturday afternoon. Children have a really good way of also keeping you distracted as well, right? So we should just have a kid. You're saying, I think no, that's. No, I think that's. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I mean, that might be the solution. <laughs> I think. I think we're good. We'll find yeah, other solutions. I, yeah, that's a. It's a radical one for sure. Yeah, but I've also been told that before too. Of like, well, our our kids are what keeps us keep us from you know always talking about business because I think it's just so easy to yeah for that to run your life. Yeah, I mean, I, I know he's super popular right now, but like Alex Hermosi and yeah. Layla Hermosi. Oh, we're obsessed. Yeah, with Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan, but I think personally, if you have a relationship and your business is a huge part of your relationship and you're both so passionate about it. Like if there's a mutual agreement that you guys are how you interact, then it's okay. For us, it could be if it takes away from 
our son, then it's not okay. So like you're saying with children, there's a reason he doesn't want to have kids, uh, Alex Ramon. Oh, yeah. But for kids, they bring you back into the present, mm -hmm. right? Like if we're talking about something and he wants to go play with, there's, there's a distraction. So I don't think it's a terrible thing if you're just talking about business, as, as long as it's like you're both passionate about it and you both share it. Like, but for us, yeah. compartmentalizing things and making sure that it isn't everything is important. Yeah, I think you got to find what you value. And it's always good to see like these people value this. And so this is how they're living their life. These yeah. people value this. And it's just like, what do you value? And, and take a stand for that. And yeah. it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to look like anyone else. Yeah. And I, I mean, on that, and not to go too much on a tangent, but coming from an athlete background and also just who I am, the idea of balance, right, is a load of shit. It really is. I mean, if you talk, hear anyone talk about it, it's zero, right? Zero is you're not doing anything well. So to be really good at something, you need to be obsessed. So whether it's you want to be an amazing athlete, you want to be an amazing business person, you want to be an amazing parent, that requires time. It means something's going to be sacrificed. It means something's going to fall by the wayside. So this idea of being able to do everything and do it well, there's no such thing. Like to be exceptional or to be the best at something, whether it's relationships, whether it's friendships, whether it's whatever it is there are going to be sacrifices and it's when you try to juggle all those balls and just say yes to everything that you're going to just crumble. The Healthy Charleston podcast is brought to you by Made to Move Physical Therapy. Made to Move Physical Therapy specializes in helping you get out of pain and get back to doing what you love. We offer relationship-oriented, one-on-one, individualized care to all of our clients and we believe in putting the patient's needs first. If you'd like to work with me or any of our other physical therapists at Made to Move, check out the link in the show notes and get 10% off of your first session. We have locations throughout Charleston, Mount Pleasant, West Ashley, Somerville, and Daniel Island. Don't waste another day stuck in your pain. Follow the link and schedule an appointment today. No, I completely agree that like you have to figure out which which of the balls are glass balls. Exactly. And which are rubber. Yeah. And there's seasons of life, right? Yeah. Like when I was an athlete, I lived on protein sponsorships and like free t-shirts, right? And free gear. You still have so many of those t-shirts. They're starting to get old and smelly. Yeah. And the cost away. the cost of like actually buying your own apparel right? is very yeah. disheartening. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, things are actually expensive. Yep. You've just been giving them all for yeah, free. It's yeah, it's wild. We, um, the other day I was like looking at Elliot's dresser and I was like, you're a boy, you don't have any clothes, but your dresser is full. Yep. And he was like, it's t-shirts. Yeah. It's from being, he played baseball. It's also being a PT and it's being a, a CrossFitter. Yeah. Everything you go to, it's like, here's a t-shirt. Yep. Amy makes me throw away most things. Yeah. Like, and sometimes we'll just do it without telling me. And I'm like looking for him like. It's like, oh yeah, that stunk and it had it was sweat ugly pits, and it threw it away. like sweat stains it has, all like, over holes it. In it. Yeah, that's you've had that for like 10 years. Good. Yeah. It's good to go. Yeah. What a great segue into your life when fitness was your priority. Yeah. So you played soccer. That yep. was kind of how you got started in, in fitness, CrossFit. Yeah. And then tell me about your journey from finding CrossFit to then you know, going to the games. Yeah. So after that first humbling experience of like getting crushed in a workout, 
I was like, I'm all in and I'm going to the games. Like, don't care. You knew immediately. Uh, well, it wasn't like a no. Like, I didn't. I'm like, I'm going to make this happen. Like, it doesn't matter the time horizon. It doesn't matter the commitment. Like, this is something that I need to achieve and mark off before I move on to anything else. So I started competing at 18 and that was a total shit. That was a shit show. I got, I was eating what I thought was healthy, was like paleo and like under eating was like skinny, adrenal fatigue, just went to my first, made it to regionals, got my life, got crushed, (laughs) got absolutely like destroyed. And it was like, as beautiful as a CrossFit community could be, it could also be really, really like in like toxic. Yeah. So everyone, I did well in the open because I was a 170 pound ex soccer player that crushed conditioning, got to regionals, got smashed. And everyone was like, this kid, he's cheating. He cheated in the open. So I was like, off season, I'm like, all right. We're getting instead big. Of, no, not even that. I was like, if, all right, like people think that best way to do it is just address it by going to every competition. You could go to local competition or any competition and just throw it down. And that's what I did. I, I learned the skill of competing and won a bunch of competitions and just entrenched myself in the community and competed and trained with everyone and soaked up all the knowledge that I could. Um, competed individually till 2013. I think I took seventh or eighth at regionals that year i had a a bad judging ish on jackie that probably would have cost me close to podium and i was like so fed up and i was also a little like i just need to get get to the games so during that time i went decided to go team with reebok crossfit fifth avenue 2014 we took fourth and it was like devastating because all I wanted to do was go to the games. And the reason that we lost was, or didn't qualify, was a girl on my team who had double unders somehow just magically lost them. It was wild. Like, like performance wild. anxiety. Yeah, it was like, um, what did they call it? Yips. The yips. Yep. They call it yips. She got the yips. Um, oh, yeah. Like at regionals? She at just... regionals, yeah. So we took dead last in the workout because she couldn't, it, all she had to do was 50 double unders. Couldn't do it. Like just was tripping up every single rep. So that cost us a trip. 2015, I got injured. And then 2016, I went with Team Dynamics. Um, and this was like a sure thing because based on the, the teammates there, I was like, if I don't qualify now, I just need to hang up my shorts and just stop. So it was like one of the first super teams hmm. put together. Um, it was me, Christian Harris, Dave Charbonneau, my wife, Amy Drakeup, who we met during, met Aww, while competing. Oh, that's cute. Um, Andrea Ager and Becca Day. And trained all year together, lived together, competed. We won our regional. The goal was to win the games, but we took fourth, which was like massive letdown. Uh, after that season, got shoulder surgery just because I was hanging on by a thread. And then 2018, decided to do the open for fun with our local gym CrossFit Queens. Did it with my wife. She was geared up to go individual and do masters and like she was super fit. 
we ended up qualifying for regionals another couple so amy and another couple and uh we went to regionals and smashed it like we were in second place all weekend where was it uh it was in albany that okay. regionals so northeast second place last last workout we fell apart on handstand push-ups came and ended up in six missed qualifying oh so i'm still training with amy because she qualified for the games but our other friends are like enjoying summer we get a email like two weeks from the games hey a team failed drug testing you're invited and we're all like oh do we go (laughs) so we ended up going and it was really fun because after that season both amy and i were like we're done after this like we don't We've been doing this too long because she's been to the game six times. Wow. Individually, individually and team. And um, we're like, I think we're ready to have a family. Like we want to, don't want to do this anymore. So we got to have one more last hurrah in 2018, which was super fun. And then after that, we just kind of hung up the shoes and we're like, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. So it was from two that for me, 2011 to 2018 what a roller coaster though yeah of like extreme highs and then extreme lows that like it really sucks when like a lot of the things are out of your control yeah but i mean that's that's life right like yeah i i think perspective has always been like you can only control what you control i saw you had the daily stoic up there and it's Mm -hmm. always been something like ryan i'm a huge fan of ryan holiday and stoic philosophy I could do what I can do, right? The rest is outside of my control. And um, for me, now reflecting on that experience or all of it, it was just the amount of the people, the opportunities, the things that came from just the journey of like being entrenched in the CrossFit community and competing was epic. Like making it to the games doesn't really matter. The peak wasn't what I thought it would be or what I made it out to be. It was like, all those other moments and all the people was everyone says the journey, but it was definitely, definitely that. What do you feel like you really learned or like, how do you feel like that journey really shaped you or changed you? I think the biggest thing that I learned or take away from that was just discipline, knowing that, and this is, the topic right now I feel like on Instagram is super popular and trending. It's like small, consistent habits or just being consistent over a long period of time or a long time horizon will yield really big results. Like the compounding interest of consistency, seeing that. And I didn't know it. It just was like, I show up, I do what's programmed, I train and something good will happen one day. There, I didn't know that I'd go to the games. I didn't know that we'd take fourth. I didn't. I didn't know any of this stuff would actually occur. I just had this blind faith that if I keep on trying, something good will happen. And uh, yeah, definitely applied to everything in life of just, there's no short-term fix. Like it doesn't happen on your time or your plan. Just keep showing up. Yeah, that was really like my biggest takeaway from competing or just my time in CrossFit. But just keep doing the work. Yeah, that's it like head down blinders on i mean most of the time i train by myself so it was like just solo sessions and just the power of being able to do something when you really don't want to right like knowing that you have to 
and knowing that it's going to take you one step closer to where you want to go was enough to motivate me to do it versus just not or like chalking it up one day because oh i don't feel good mm-hmm. um i think that's what i from like friends that i've seen that have been competitive versus haven't been or have made it where they wanted to like it's that difference of just discipline yeah because they're like half of the time or more like you don't want to do it you yeah. don't want to crush yourself yeah i i think with everything i, I mean I heard, I forgot who it was, but I th- they said that in order to get the tens in life, you have to experience once, right? And for those people that live in the middle, like fours, five, six, they'll be there, right? Like you, you, in order to get the most beautiful, the most pleasurable things, the tens, you need to go to the most miserable things. You need you need to dive down to the depths of despair of, or just go to places that like seem hopeless. And that's how you pull yourself out. Like that's how you have perspective. Um, for me, training, especially like towards the end of the career was like, there was days I hated it. How many uh, birthday parties or friend events and holidays I missed or like social events that I just, checked out of because I chose eating a certain way or chose sleep or chose to train, but wouldn't change it for a thing. What kept you motivated to choose those things? Mm, It's a good question. I, I think. Was it just discipline? I think I was addicted to the feeling of discipline. And I think knowing that I had control brain over body or vice versa, body over brain was really empowering. Um, And it also felt like I was in pursuit of something bigger than just myself. So there was like, I didn't really know what it was. I also thought the games was going to be this life changing event or like this perspective. Like, and I, you hear a lot of athletes talk about in every sport where they think if they win the world series or win the super bowl that like all of a sudden all the life's problems are going to disappear mm-hmm. i definitely had that perspective to some degree i thought it would be different um i don't know if if i knew i'd continue on the route that i was on but i'm kind of happy i did yeah i think a lot of people view uh money the same way of yeah. like if i just had more money yeah. or like once i get this i won't have problems and you'll just have different problems. Yeah. You just, the problems you have won't be money problems. There'll be other problems. hundred percent. It's, uh, there's no, who, yeah, I think the same, I was listening to this podcast and it was the same person who said the ones and tens and it hit me in a way that really kind of put perspective and like, he was like, well, you know, people think that they get to the top of this mountain and it's going to be this, never it's going to be this feast and orgy that's so extravagant that you're never going to need to eat or have sex again you'll be fully satisfied fully satisfied satiated and he's like once you eat that meal you're going to be hungry again you're going to be desire like you're going to be horny again like these things happen right it's there's no such thing as being satiated for a lifetime so whether it's like making 
exorbitant amount of money or if it's achievement won't fulfill any void that you might have in yourself. And I, and I think for me, one of the hardest parts was like post-athletic career was like, okay, stopping and like looking in the mirror, like what now? And that was definitely like a lot of soul searching and a lot of time on my own and doing, as they say, the work. Mm -hmm. Doing the work. You're so right. Yeah. Yeah. Doing the work. What did you find? What did you figure out? You still doing the work? No. (laughs) So I, I, I mean, it never stops. But what I found was we're never done right there there's no destination there's no end place it's just continuously showing up being a good person and as long as for me as long as my actions align with my morals and my priorities then i'm be i'm successful right like there's no number there's no achievement there's no status that's going to give me the feeling of if i'm aligned with the things i prioritize in life um, also, I mean, not to hone in on kids, but like the moment my son was born, it was like, nothing else really matters. The rest is kind of, s- not that it, I want to give him the best life possible, but like the things that I thought mattered in terms of like social status or views or whatever it may be, is like dancing in the gross. Like I took myself way too seriously. And now like having a son, like he keeps me in check. It's like an extreme amount of perspective. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, there's days where it's like the wind is putting on deodorant and brushing my teeth. And I'm like, did it. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think we're often so in pursuit of status, money, achievement that you can achieve all those things. Yeah. But feel extremely unfulfilled and unsatisfied because you haven't lived a life in accordance to your values. 100%. I I would contend that most people don't know their values. So they're kind of just sailing aimlessly and hoping that someone like things will just kind of fall into place. For me, making sure that I align with those are really lately my priorities, like making sure that like my actions and the things that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis are coinciding what I say that I want, not just saying it, but actually taking the steps or doing the things that align with that. Yeah, we don't learn our values in school or we're, we're not taught how to figure them out. Yeah, no, it's it's challenging, right? Like you're navigating in a game that doesn't have rules, right? You're playing a game that <laughs> there's no winning or losing. You're just, you're in this game that there's no, you have no idea when it ends, no idea how to win. You just got to figure out how you want to play. The only goal is to keep playing. Yes, exactly, exactly. What advice would you give to someone who either wants to figure out their values or is struggling to figure out their values? Like, what should they do? Starting with your compass. Like, what do you value, right? Like, what is the most important? Like, if it was taken away tomorrow, you couldn't live without. And or something that's a non-negotiable. So something that you need to do every day. Like, I know I need to exercise almost every day or at least five to six days a week because I am cranky, depressed. It's my mental health. It's no longer about being the fittest version of me. It's about being a good father, being a good person, being a good husband. I I can't, I know for me that that's what it serves. Need to exercise every day. That's important. Need to spend time with my family. 
need to nurture my business, need to treat people well. Those are things that I value. If I do that, most nights I'll sleep well. Yeah, if you can look back at your day and be like, did I do these things? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, those are kind of kind of my guiding light at the moment. Mm -hmm. And then also just making sure that we have the means to continue to live the lifestyle we want to live. And putting on deodorant. Yeah, for sure. Some, you know, honestly, sometimes it's not sometimes, about Sometimes right. it doesn't happen, but that's probably too much honesty. No, but I like that though, because I think sometimes we, I know I fall in the trap of like viewing every day as it has to be like the most productive and like monumental. And there's some days where all you do is get up and put on deodorant and like yeah. that is good enough. Yeah, I mean, we live in a time now where it's like social media makes you feel really inadequate you're seeing highlight reels constantly and people's best versus just information and sharing best practices, which probably should be the way it is consumed. But like you see these things, like especially in fitness, mm -hmm. when you're seeing what everyone's doing, it can make you really feel like you're not doing enough or you're not eating healthy enough or you're not making enough money, whatever it is. It, as they say, comparison's the thief of, thief of joy. It, we live in a time where everything's comparison, right? It's like, pick up your phone and it's right in front of your face. So you don't need every day to be the most productive day because then what happens when it rains, right? Yeah. Like what happens when it rains? Yeah, I think that another thing that I find myself comparing myself on is like, did I post about this? Like, yeah. Now it's not even, okay, this person's highlight reel. It's like, oh, well, should I be posting all of the things that I do for my health and wellness? Because it's it's just everywhere. Yeah, I definitely vacillate between it. It's like one side of me is like I feel like I have perspective or even just years and accumulation of knowledge of fitness or health and wellness that would be beneficial to others that it could be shared. And then there's also this part of me that's like, how much of my life do I really wanna open up to? And also seeing what it's done to a few friends of mine who've definitely lost themselves amidst like creating personalities or feeling enslaved to it. Like if it's a career, if it's for your business, if you're able to disconnect from it when it's done, like your business, great. But if it's not serving you in that way, probably not the best thing. It can definitely be a never-ending trap. Like you have to yeah. set a time limit and yeah. then be done. Yeah. Or it's just never enough because there's never a limit. There's never a win. There's never a loss. It's just yeah. this abyss. And you're also only as good as your last post, mm. right? Like you're, the likes, the engagement, all this stuff is you're only as relevant as that last one. So you always feel like you have to one-up it. Mm -hmm. And that's challenging. Like, that's really hard. Yeah, it's just another game that you just you just keep playing. You just yeah. show up, show up how you can, and, and move on from there. Yeah. So in 2018 or 2019, you hung up your shorts. You were yeah. done competing. Yep. So tell me about the journey from competing and finishing that to opening power. Oof. Okay, so during that time... I was running a gym in New York City called Ice NYC. It was on the Upper East Side. It was a luxury boutique gym. And it was a great gig. I 
worked maybe 15, 20 hours a week, had a great community, paid well, um, pretty comfortable. And right when, right in the inception of COVID, I think it was like beginning of March, I started, started to feel like when I was taking the subways, things were getting a little ominous, right? Like, meaning people were starting to wear masks. Mm. You started hearing about COVID. And I kind of saw the writing on the wall for the gym, even though it wasn't mine. So I ended up getting the email list, asking my employer for the email list for our membership base and took most of our client. Once COVID hit, I was prepared. I knew people would need a spot to train. I pivoted pretty seamlessly to remote training. And um, it was definitely interesting times in New York because anyone that lived in New York and you're paying the rent that you were paying for the size of apartment that you were in, all of a sudden it was like, you can't go to coffee shops, can't go to restaurants, can't really go outside. Like it was really depressing. And I'm really grateful that I had a six month old at that time because he kind of had us in this bubble that didn't really allow us to get too caught up in our own stuff. So once that happened, I was doing that. And then we decided to move out to Long Island, a place called Long Beach, little town on the beach. And it was great, but we also realized we we're renting and we we're like, we're never gonna own a place here. Property tax is high, quality of life is tough. I mean, you could only use the beach like three to four months of the year. And then it was freezing, snowing. So we, being that I was predominantly remote, I was like, I could go anywhere let's let's start looking so we started looking we were looking at florida we we're looking at we liked being on the east coast so we started looking found charleston we're like this is it we're gonna do it we found a house started bidding on it we lost on that and then bought a townhouse site on the scene oh god <laughs> yeah so it ended up being okay but the gym was never really in the plans the gym was kind of serendipitous if you call it it was kind of fate so i was last couple of days in long beach i was at a kid's birthday party and a friend of mine at the time um sean pastuch from active life oh yeah, yeah. so <laughs> he lives in long beach as well yeah um and i've known him for years he is he's a uh, firecracker like, yeah, oh, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a he's a funny one um so we're talking and telling him i'm moving to charleston telling him about all the things and he's like charleston wow that's that's crazy like i just have a client that i'm consulting for that i basically just told to go out of business because their business model is broken and i was like oh okay cool great yeah he's like you should call them and see if you could take over the gym that'd be great i'm like no no, no. i'm done brick and mortar mm. is very tough i don't think I want to do that. And I think my wife would probably divorce me. So still together. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I called the written on a napkin. I'm like, okay, well, maybe, maybe let me just see what they want to. Mm -hmm. So I called and it was basically just take over the lease, right? Like no strings attached. We just, we're done. We're no longer want to run this business. And, uh, I, it's just so happened that the gym was like five minutes away from our townhouse, like down the road. 
It's like, what are the odds? This is wild. So I convinced one of my closest friends, Joel. Oh, yeah. He coaches, like, right? Yeah, I was like, hey, um, so we just ran this ultra marathon. So I ran an ultra marathon with him. And you run 100, 100K together. You learn who someone is really quickly. And I'm like, he's a good dude. I trust him. Let's, let's do this again. And he's a great, amazing trainer. I'm like, do you want to come to South Carolina open? I didn't think he would say yes. He's like, you know what? Let's do it. So got him bought in. I was like, all right, I have help. Ended up taking over the lease and then built out and then power was born. I mean, it really wasn't something that I was anticipating doing. It just kind of happened. And it was in hindsight, if it didn't move as fast as it did, I probably would not have just because like we started with zero, like no members, no reputation. Like it was, I mean, open the doors and it was like nobody here. And which is in New York, we both had a client, a huge client list, had people that we were working with and trusted us and a reputation and network and community. And coming here, we're like, I guess, that ignorance of that 18 year old was back because i was like ah i got this people will show up yeah like let's just yeah there's nothing like it we're gonna do it. we're gonna be great first month or two it was like crickets right and but like anything i was like you know what i'm just gonna keep showing up do the work make sure that i give the best service that i know how to give and also build relationships and share build community and the i wanted to make a place and every time i've run a gym my my focus is sharing fitness the way that i love fitness and i'm i love fitness as community builder mental health the best cheapest healthcare that you could ever get um and also just the endorphins right like i'm a junkie for those endorphins like i need like i told you i'm depressed and anxious and all those things I wanted to create a place that was an hour of your day that could be the best part of your day. And then community that would be supportive, inviting. I kind of took what I liked from CrossFit and got rid of the things I didn't. And when I say I didn't, I just didn't at this stage of my training age or training life, I didn't see the value of it for my goals or general population goals. So when I say general population goals, I mean, if you want to just look good and feel good, based on my beliefs, I don't think you need to be doing high volume or heavy, heavy lifting and with the Olympic lifts or the high skill gymnastics. If you want to compete or you like those things, great. But if your sole purpose is like, I want to do this until I'm 70 or 80, probably don't need those more technical movements especially for time not coached well when i talk about olympic lifting and i i love crossfit don't get me wrong i truly believe that olympic lifting is a sport mm -hmm. right like it was in the olympics as a standalone sport so for someone to come in off the street and learn it in a as part A of mm -hmm. an hour class. You have 12 minutes. Yeah, 12 minutes 
And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I taught it for years. I, I definitely know the efficacy of it, but I just don't think if your goals, like we talk about priorities aligning with your actions, like if you say my goals are to look good and feel good or body composition and do this like injury free, you don't need those things. You don't need to do high volume kipping pull-ups. You don't need to do high volume kipping handstand push-ups. Like your neck probably doesn't like being used as a pogo stick. Like these are my beliefs, right? Like, and I say this, I've spent 12 years of my life to 15 years of my life being a CrossFitter and screaming from the rooftops, best training methodology. I still love it. I just think that as a general population or even just a fitness program, somewhere we somewhere along the lines, we strayed from the main site workouts being five by five deadlift and then go play some beach volleyball to competition workouts. Mm -hmm. And like you go to your local affiliate now and it's like, we're gonna do 30 muscle ups into a hands, like 100 foot handstand walk and then 30 clean and jerks for time, 30 clean and jerks at 225. You don't really need to do that, right? Like if you just want to look good and feel good, if you enjoy that and that's the way you like to train and cool. But I I felt based on the years and the experience of training that power needed to be something that combined bodybuilding, combined powerlifting, combined interval training or and then metabolic conditions and focused on ener different energy systems. And there wasn't just variety or sexiness for the sake of variety and sexiness that people would see results and also that's the way i live and i train so i was like you know what this is as long as it's how i do it i can preach it right the methodology and the thought process was power was how do i get people or how do i encourage people to train in a more methodical way and also not just value beating themselves up for the sake of beating themselves up like trust me i love to hurt i love to beat myself up in terms of in an exercise but hormonally physically long term probably not the smartest thing in terms of doing this forever like and i want to do this forever i don't I've probably already done more damage than good in terms of like the comp the competing. So I want to offer what I've found to the masses or the people that come to power and have them continuing to do this with me as long as they want to. 100%. Yeah. I think somewhere along the way, the sport of CrossFit became what was offered yep. at affiliates. Yeah. And like you mentioned, this 30 muscle up, handstand walk. 30 cleans, like if you're super fit and you're competing, yeah, that could yeah. be a good workout, maybe. Most people aren't. And so they're either they look at that and they're like, well, I guess I can't be fit. Or they spend so much time trying to get their first muscle up or trying to kick upside down or trying to whatever that they they miss out on like months of getting fit. Yeah. And, and look, I know that it's not sexy and I know that it's not like what everyone wants to hear. Linear progression is how you get that's fitter. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, right? That's like, so sexy to me. Honestly, like that's how you get fitter in everything in life, right? Like the rules, and we talked about this earlier, like compounding interest pays dividends. It's simple. 
Like right now, I've been on a running program. You want to get faster? You want to get better at running? You have to run with progression. Simple. Whether that's adding volume, whether that's adding intensity, could be varied, right? Like you play with an ops. But for me, one of the hardest things in working with a lot of remote athletes is that they don't want to do the not so sexy stuff and they don't realize that by eating the vegetables they get to eat the candy after right it's like they want the candy right away and you probably see it all the time people are injured constantly because they're doing things that are way above their ability right or they have doing things without the stability for like you don't need to be doing 50 chest to bar kipping pull-ups or butterfly pull-ups if you can't do five to ten straight yeah. Probably a bad idea. Or they're just like my biggest frustration as a PT. Yeah. And I I was definitely like the CrossFitter that was like drank all the, the sport Kool-Aid. Yeah. And then I started seeing patients and I was like, oh, yeah. is that no one progresses and no one does things regularly enough to get better. Yeah. You squat and then like you you heavy squat, whatever. And then you'll do wall balls and air squats and box jumps overs, but jump jump overs, but you don't squat again with load for another four weeks and it just got really frustrating that i think people now expect that constantly varied will get you fit and keep you healthy when it just keeps you not bored but i think that it's it's so nice like every monday i squat every tuesday is push pull and like there's some change yep um but i think so many gyms are missing out on that yeah and i also think and it's hard this is like the education part is really hard and like an obstacle that you have to overcome because i would definitely say that our demographic is way more educated or like more of the knowledgeable fitness enthusiast than just your average person because like if you come to the wrong day you might not find the intensity that you want to find it might be like today we did some front squats and then some intervals if you want to just get have your fit watch say that you burn the most calories of the day it's hard to explain to somebody that that isn't how you actually get the results that you want i've definitely been quieter in terms of, and this is probably one of the first times i've been more candid or open about it like it it's a tough uphill battle but it's definitely changing that people don't realize like you need to do thoughtful exercise. That doesn't mean there's no intensity. It just means that there's progressions and there is reason to it. One of my favorite coaches and a mentor of mine used to say, any asshole could beat someone up, right? Any asshole could beat someone up. And it, I didn't really understand when he first said it, I didn't understand. And now I get it because you have all these online trainers and all these people in the fitness community that write these workouts that are devastating. Like I talked about, like they, they will crush you. If I said, Hannah, I want you to make the worst workout, beat me up. Easy. Easy. But I want you to write a 12 week program to get someone to add 50 pounds to someone's squat and also PR their mile. How do you do it? Like a little bit more challenging than just the day writing the a workout. random workout yes takes correct. a lot more thought correct. a lot more intention yep so i mean deeper is that where america is right like if you look at just the world it's like everyone wants that short-term fix of like give me the pill 
give me the short-term easy solution of not having to wait. Does my Apple Watch say that I burn 1,200 calories? Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. No, it's 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 hard. I mean, and and for me, power. It would have been the easy, low-hanging fruit opening a CrossFit affiliate with my background, and my knowledge, and what I've experienced. But I also just somewhere along the lines, I felt like being an affiliate owner or even CrossFit that it wasn't who I was anymore or the way that I wanted to promote training. So power is kind of best practices of what I found through the years and how to get people fit and keep them healthy in the gym. Yeah. And I think that's what people need. And I I think that's what gyms, I think that's what gyms need and probably a lot of like ex CrossFitters need. Yeah. Uh, You're seeing this a large, I mean, it's interesting because you're seeing this large group of people that ex CrossFitters starting to push to endurance sports or like this hybrid athlete movement. And um, I think it's just because they realize like, the intensity and like the variety was just smashing them. Like I could attest to it, like probably post CrossFit competing was like best body comp- composition I've ever had just because my hormones were like actually balanced again. I wasn't just training four to six hours a day and beating myself up. It was, uh, there was, there was normalcy again. It was like homeostasis to some degree. Your body was like, Oh, finally. Yeah. Yeah, like how can we make this sustainable? It can still be enjoyable. It doesn't mean you're going to do three sets of three every Monday. Oh, no, 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 no. I definitely think variety is important. You need to have fun with fitness. And really, it has to be enjoyable to a degree, whether it's power or whatever you're doing. It has to be enjoyable because if it's not, then you're not going to do it. Like if you love CrossFit and that's your widget or if you love hit training or cycling like as long as you're moving that's it that's it like i i told you when i competed in crossfit i used to be such an elitist like crossfit or nothing mm-hmm. right like but then when covid hit and i realized like the global pandemic that like we had of obesity i really just valued like i applauded anyone that was proactive in their fitness because it's so much easier just to sit home on the couch and eat so much easier but if you're going for a walk you're picking up some dumbbells you're doing stair whatever it is as long as you're doing something that's i mean it's better than nothing so i mean i was like i think coming from the background that i have as much as what i've been saying is a little harsh or critical I am definitely a fan and supporter of all fitness. Like as long as you're doing something and you feel good about it, keep doing it. Yeah, I I totally understand where you're coming from. I think there's like a dichotomy of like people yelling at each other on social media because we're like, hey, there's a smart way to do fitness and there's a sustainable and enjoyable way to do fitness. And then there's people being like, but don't you just want people to be fit? And I'm like, yes, can we have both? Yeah, I mean, I think I get frustrated because I'm with you, I want both. But I also know that movement is medicine. So as long as you're doing something, you're better off for it. And obviously I'd want you to be a little bit more diligent or get, 
I want whoever is doing it to get the best return on it that they can. I don't want you to waste your time. But if you are doing something, some most of the time, if it is the shotgun approach of just like constantly varied or randomized fitness, something will stick to some degree. You'll have some result. I mean, yeah. I always say like, because CrossFit gets a bad rap and people people sometimes say, oh, y'all just support CrossFit because it gives you a lot of patience. And I'm mm. like, oh, wow. Uh, no, That's but funny. I know it's like you just clearly don't understand. But yeah. I'd so much rather deal with the CrossFitter who has shoulder pain from kipping pull-ups yep. than someone who has chronic disease. Yeah. And the thing that's interesting about, about CrossFitters, they are a knowledgeable demographic, right? Most CrossFitters have an awareness of fitness and understanding of like movements and body awareness that most other training programs don't. Mm -hmm. So as much as they might get injured or there are injuries that come with it, they definitely are educated, Like they understand. And it's also like, there's something to the CrossFit community or even any type of community that's like that, that they, they value hard work and they're humble like it's it's really funny because it's definitely changed over the years but the crossfit community like we said in the beginning could either be the most amazing or just like the biggest group of trolls right but they are a knowledgeable and very supportive group for like for the most part yeah and the majority of them like accept help because they want to yeah. be able to do it forever. So yeah. if you can teach me how to do kipping pull-ups and not have shoulder pain, then then great. And that's the goal, right? Yeah. And I mean, I, the real reason why CrossFit even existed was like virtuosity, right? To be good at everything, to be able to like hang with a power lifter, like not win a powerlifting event, but like hang with, or same with Olympic lifting, same with track and field or gymnastics, like to be able to be good at everything. That's cool because it means that you're not going to master anything. And there's also levels that like, it just never ends. It's like yeah. you, you unlocked English or French. All right, go learn Spanish. It's like, you can never master the game or win the game. It's like constantly humbling experiences, no matter how good you get. It definitely attracts type a goal oriented like hard workers which can be really really positive it can also be toxic but yeah. i think when you when you give them a program that's you know expert led like you see those people just flourish because they yeah. just want more and more and more it's been interesting like moving from new york city to charleston one of the coolest things was in new york a lot of there was definitely a culture of women that didn't like to lift like they wanted conditioning and they were very focused on what their Fitbit or like Apple Watch said how many calories they burn, like your Barry's class or any of these like- Oh, Barry's. Yeah. <laughs> any of these classes where you're, or Rumble or any- Soul of these, Cycle. Yeah, all of them where it's like, how many calories did I burn? Here, it was like one of the coolest culture shocks was like all the women are like, no, I don't really wanna do that. I wanna lift some heavy stuff and I wanna get strong. Yeah, and I I don't know if that's like a southern thing or just like to Charleston, but the women are so badass. Like it's so cool to see 
the men definitely have some keeping up to do for sure. <laughs> Always. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm obviously super biased towards strong women, but yeah. All right. I got like three last questions. One of them is real quick, but first one, what is something that you're really proud of yourself for in the last year or two? Proud. Oh, I'm proud of the change of moving somewhere different and embracing new community, building a business and embracing all the, the change that Charleston's brought. Heck yeah. What's something that you are focusing on working on or improving related to your health and wellness this year? I definitely am focused on, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, just making sure that my actions align with my priorities. So my priorities this year are family, business, fitness, and making sure that it stays that way just so and then when those lines start getting a little blurred especially because i sometimes tend to lean towards personal fitness or like my own personal health and wellness that that's not this season that's not the top of the list at the moment yeah and then where can our followers find you and what's the first step in joining power uh you could find me at on instagram ian Berger. And then at Power Gyms, PWR Gyms. The first step, just go to our website, try a free class. We we actually recommend you try a whole week. Mm -hmm. So earlier I said in the podcast, every day is something a little bit different. One day might be your cup of tea, one day might not be, but we do recommend that you come a whole week just so you get an experience of like what the the week looks like and how we program, just because it is constantly changing. Yeah, it's like the whole week is what's important. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, Ian, thank you so much. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks so much for listening to this awesome episode with Ian. If you're looking to try power or connect with Ian, those links are in the show notes below. Otherwise, please follow us on Instagram and subscribe to the show and have an amazing week. Bye.